Today, Jack, the show is all about you. You're in full control. It's about your favourite area, cap space. So, mate, that's me done. This is all about you. Go. First of all, hello to Jack. Good morning, Jack. Let's talk to Jack Duffin. Let's bring in Jack Duffin. In our Westminster studio is Jack Duffin. Hello guys, and this is my cap show, but it's with a twist. We've now got Greg on from Surviving the Series. Surviving the Season. How are you, Greg? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Jack. Oh, it's good to have you. I've said it before, we've got so many great Browns podcasts, but you guys are my favourite, so uh, it's good to have you on. I appreciate that, really do. I don't know how you keep these cap shows going, man. I mean, hey, I love numbers. Uh, let's let's get nerdy now. So I'm 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 ready for it. Well, if I'm not talking Browns 24/7, then it gives me some moments to like think that there is a bright future out there. Uh, who knows? Someone's going to go and ruin it. But uh, hey, it's a bit of positivity, and it just shows a different side. John Dorsey has the keys to the car now. Apparently, I don't know if you heard the reports that. He's going to be doing the coaching search. I don't know how you feel about that, but uh, when I look at his resume, I don't see too many coaches that he's chosen so far. So, uh, you know, Andy Reid, he didn't necessarily choose. I don't think he's ever chosen one, but I would take John Dorsey over picking no one before and then Jimmy Haslam over picking. Yep, yep. So I agree with you 100% in that aspect of it. I'm just saying – um, people seem to be throwing caution to the wind as if, oh, John Dorsey's doing it? Well, then we're good. It's okay, so don't worry about it. And I'm going, okay, well, let's just see what we do before we go ahead and, and just crown uh, this next coach king. Because if you remember Hugh Jackson's first days in Berea, he came in, what were they doing? Standing ovation from the entire room. Do you remember that day? Um, you would have thought the king had just shown up. Yeah, and it's like, oh, he's, he's picked the best offensive and defensive player in the draft. He's obviously good at drafting. It's like, well, yep. he had the first offensive player and the first defensive player in the draft. It's like, it makes it pretty easy. The only times um, mm-hmm. Sashi ever picked that high, he picked Miles Garrett. So, hey, it's, it's not that hard. Yeah. Well, one more thing on that. So, now think about this. Now, if you had a regular draft and you take away the number four pick, Okay, because you wouldn't normally have two first-round picks. You wouldn't normally have two second-round picks, and you just take the first pick from each round. First round, Baker Mayfield home run. Second round, uh, Austin uh, Corbett not hasn't even played yet. And then third round, Chad Thomas has played 22 snaps on the year. So how good is that drafting if you take away Nick Chubb, who you you probably – I know – since I know you, I know you think he was overdrafted. I think he was overdrafted that high. Um, and Denzel Ward, which we know has been a very good pick obviously, but he was given the capital to be able to do that. You know, It's not the worst day two pick of uh, John Dorsey. That belongs to Tyrod Taylor. How many of a third round pick for Tyrod Taylor? Just ban him. John Dorsey should not be allowed to use day two picks. I've started the campaign. We're going to get Brown's daily mock draft to go in and draft the Browns on day two. Okay, but you're giving him the keys to the coaching search. So let, let me remind you again that... <laughs> Day so one here we coaches go. Or day three coaches, no day two coaches. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Jack. Right. So the concept we've come up with, and it, it was to look um, at positional value and roster construction, is Roger Goodell's announced there's going to be the 33rd NFL team. And 
I don't know why he's hired me and Greg to uh, run the team, but we've got the keys and it's a new style of how they're going to do the expansion draft. Rather than getting the odd pick of a few players from other teams, we're going to get four years worth of picks in the first year. So that's four first through to seventh. And then obviously with the draft, it's actually eight lots of um, 32 picks because you've got comp picks. So throw in a uh, third, fourth, sixth and seventh. So we're going to draft um, all of those players. We're going to add 11 free agents and 10 UDFAs or vet minimums. So your basement, not very good players, but hey, every team's got them on their roster. Um, and people are going to go, oh, but you don't draft player, you draft, uh, you draft player, you don't draft position. Well, this is fantasy drafting and you're just going <laughs> to have to go with it. Um, so the four picks, yeah, they're, they're just round one talent. So if we say a round one quarterback, you've generally got a good idea in your head what a round one quarterback looks like. Obviously, we're hoping they're not the duds that have been out there, but hey, you never know. So, so Josh Allen then, right? Yeah, no Josh Allens. But uh, when we do a pick, <laughs> I've pulled up the list of sort of the players from the last four years that have gone in that um, position and round. So we'll be able to sort of give you a rough idea of what that player might be. Hopefully some of them turn out to be the Baker Mayfields rather than the Josh Allens. But you never know. So uh, it's going to be an interesting one. I haven't done it based on who's in that list because... Who knows? Um, we might find out that uh, that might have been a bad pick where it all did seem good at the start. Um, the 11 free agents are just sort of players last four years that have been available, but it's not so much the name. If we're going, let's take a, uh, the best defensive end that's been available. A name that might come up is sort of your Calais Campbells or your Olivia Vernon. Um, it's been both hit free agency in the last four years. So it's just sort of a, a rough idea of what that is. But the idea of this is just to see with each room, what do we sort of make it out to be in the value? So before we did this show, we had a chat about what the offense is going to be. It's 11 personnel. So three wide receivers, one running back, one tight end. And the defense is four, two, five. So two DNs, two D tackles, two linebackers, three cornerbacks and two safeties. And the roster we've settled on is three quarterbacks, three running backs, six wide receivers, four tight ends, four tackles, three guards, two centers, five defensive ends, four defensive tackles, five linebackers, seven cornerbacks, two strong safeties, two free safeties, a kicker, a punter, and a long snapper. That was in case lot. they're scoring at home. Yeah, in case you're scoring at home, you can write these all down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. We should say this is we sort of are piggybacking off of your last pod, which I thought was you did an excellent job on talking about positional value uh, in the draft, because this is one thing that uh, I've talked with my co-host, my brother, also Adam, and um, discussed like, hey, that's I, I really want to see a breakdown of if you're if you're drafted in the first round as a defensive end, what is the likelihood that you're going to be a hit compared to, to being a miss? And then you broke that down. You did the work for me, so I appreciate that, Jack. And um, uh, I, it, a lot of things came out of that that I thought were um, sort of my what I was predicting. My I was I was thinking that quarterback obviously is going to be the standout. 
you know, which so when we get to this first round pick, I'm sure we're going to have quarterback. I'm sure we're going to be talking about defensive end and tackles because those are ginormous people who just aren't normally walking around. So there's less of them on earth compared to guys that weigh 190 pounds, like cornerbacks, running backs, uh, wide receivers, where you can get those guys in the later rounds because there is just more human beings. So it gives you um, a greater uh, pick of the litter to uh, per se um, to choose those guys. And then also with like a defensive end and a tackle, they have to be an elite athlete, like to be not just be big, but like Joe Thomas athletically, you know, when you see him move and slide as a left tackle, you go, okay, not only is he a huge person at six foot six or six, seven, whatever he is, 300 pounds, but he can move uh, better than what I can at 180 pounds. Yeah. It's so, like you've got Joe Thomas that not only has them incredible traits, but works hard. Whereas someone like Andrew Hawkins mm-hmm. that slightly didn't make the cut, but just by working really, really hard as a wide receiver, yep. made up for that gap and then had a career. And uh, yeah, you can't just really work really hard and go, well, I put in twice as many hours. I'm going to be a left tackle because, hey, if, if I go out there, work really hard and be a left tackle, I'm going to be on my ass every single snap. That's right. That's right. Life is not fair, Jack. It's not, football is not made for guys like us. <laughs> That's why we sit here and break down the cap shows. <laughs> well, so the plan is we're going to start with offense. Um, I've got a feeling this pod might take far too long, so we'll end up probably cutting it in a half. And uh, the defense will be a second one. I'm sort of working on the basis it's going to be too long before we even start because, hey, we both like talking and, fingers crossed, there's going to be a lot to talk about. So we'll be marking it all as we go along. When I drop the uh, first pod, I'll make sure I tweet out what we sort of look at so far. So I'll do a graphic of what picks we've used, what we've done, so you can uh, tweet us. Let us know what you think. Um, Give us some stick. Give us some praise. Whatever. It's all good fun. So, quarterbacks, over to you. We've got three. What are we doing with them? Yeah, well, so I was thinking about, like, quarter. sort of the way I was thinking about this today is looking around the league at what I would consider, like, an excellent quarterback room. Um, I actually think the Browns have a good quarterback room, okay, because, one, you have your rookie in place. Then you have a veteran. uh, Well, you have two veterans that he can learn from. Now, uh, I get the point of bringing in Tyrod Taylor. I didn't necessarily love getting, giving up a third-round pick for him because I think that is a starter in the league. Typically, you want to get a starter from a third-round pick. Um, but uh, he, you, you're worried about your rookie. Is he going to be able to play? And you want to make sure you give him enough time. That's a good idea to do. And you know bringing in a guy like Drew Stanton, he's not, he's not going to give you anything. Like He's just not a good quarterback, but he is a good extra coach that's what he is he's your second quarterback coach so I think that's a good setup um but I think it's there's there's ways to do it better and I get the way I would say is like New Orleans one this is what is what the Browns could end up being because I think Baker Mayfield is a lot like Drew Brees okay Drew Brees I mean he's a hall of famer hands down but then they pick up Teddy Bridgewater I don't remember what they traded for him like a third round pick or something this year yeah okay um, and then, so in case Drew Brees goes down, you have a solid backup that can come in and still win you games. And, you know, you, you got to pay him some money. There's no doubt about it, but it's almost like having Nick Foles there, um, behind, uh, Carson Wentz last year. If he goes down, you're not going to miss too much and you're still going to be able to win games as long as the team around him is good. And then what New Orleans does well is, 
what, what they do that's that's different is Taysom Hill. Are you familiar with Taysom Hill? I love Taysom Hill. Okay. <laughs> Baker. He is my favorite offensive player in the NFL. I wouldn't really want my team to go out and sign him or anything, but just to watch, he is great fun. Just athlete. I love it. He's not even a quarterback. His actual job uh, position is just athlete. Who is that? Taysom Hill. They Taysom actually, Hill. Okay, okay, yes. Position. It actually just says athlete. That's what it says? He does yes. Everything. Yeah, so I, the reason why I'm, I'm even saying that because of you know, the versatility that you get, and that's where I wrote down, versatile athlete, right? That's exactly what I wrote down on my little sheet here because, what, he's returning kicks, he can come in and play wide receiver, he's, he's tackling guys on punt returns, <laughs> like, and then if you need him in a pinch to make a play, you can do it, but that's, uh, he's your third quarterback, so he's basically your emergency quarterback. Um, and then, he, you know, only if Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Brees goes down, do you even have to worry about him playing, but he can add that extra value, uh, and give you things that you don't normally have. Now we don't obviously, you know, starting off a team the way we're doing here in our expansion draft, we can't draft Drew Brees. We're not going to be able to pick Drew Brees up in free agency. So I would think our quarterback room would be obviously, you know, taking a quarterback as high as we can, the best one possible, and then bringing in a vet and then either a UDFA or bringing in something of that nature. Uh, a third, the third one not as uh, important as what the second quarterback is there. Yeah, so for me, the three I'm looking at, it's that first-round quarterback. I'm a lover of pick them up, and if they don't turn out to be awesome, I'll trade them off for two first-round picks, and then we'll just do it again. Because quite frankly, if I can have a quarterback that at the top of his contract's on like six, seven million, it's peanuts. You can go spend that money on what an extra decent O lineman, an extra re- receiving target, and you just sort of balance it out. And it then means if he gets injured, boom, you, you've probably got a solid backup there that can play to the same level. I'd have your veteran. Personally, I love Teddy. Um, there's not many players like that that are available in free agency. But yeah, I wish if we'd have had Teddy over Tyrod, wow, oh. we'd be in an insane position right now. I don't know. I don't know what Teddy is being is getting paid, Jack, but uh, giving up that third round pick is what the 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 worst part of what the Browns did. You give up a third round pick. Yeah. I, you know, it's not so much the money; we had the money to spend. I think it was six million he signed for. Um, so we could have easily just rolled in there and gone, "We'll give you ten. Yeah, you don't really want to come to the Browns, but we'll pay you ten million. They're offering six, and we'll even guarantee half of it, um, and just get it done. Um, but no, it, we could have gone from. Rather than giving up a third-round pick in, what was it, 2018 for Tyrod, you could have signed him as a free agent. And even if you went, actually, he's really good. We're happy with Baker, though. We'll trade him off. We'd be two third-round picks better off and save $10 million. And it's just right. it's crazy how just stuff – I can yes. sit there at home and just do it, just do it. But uh, Two more Chad Thomases, man. We could have had two more Chad <laughs> <laughs> It still hurts. Uh, <laughs> I slated that pick and loads of fans were like, oh, well, give him a chance, give him a chance. I said, I've given him a chance. I've had enough. <laughs> but um, no, so for my three rooms. Sorry, bud. I forgot about that. Oh, we've got All right, good. On this show now. <laughs> but uh, so it's your starting quarterback and then I have your backup, whether it's Chase Daniels, whether it's Drew Stanton. You don't want them to be starting a whole season, but if they had to play a game or two, as long as your roster's actually good enough, they come in and do a job. Um, I think the Patriots people that have just jumped in and done a job for a few games, something like nine and three in the last two, three years. So 
when they've needed to come in, as long as your roster's good enough and you've got a good coach, which obviously we haven't had for a while, um, yeah. then it does solid. And I would just use a seventh round pick or a UDFA. I don't really mind of just someone else that obviously if you can get someone that impacts the way Taysom Hill does, insane. But even just, just your future youngster that might be good. So I wouldn't mind if next year as Browns, we go out and use a, a fourth, fifth, sixth or seventh and go, actually, we like that quarterback. And mm. maybe they could be the solid backup in the future. So that's a, good, that's a good point. Like what the Patriots do, they have their guy in place, but they still draft a backup and develop him and then still get uh, something for him in return. Now they probably could have got more for Jimmy Garoppolo had they traded him earlier. Um, but still, if, if uh, last year, if Brady goes down early in the season, they still put Garoppolo in and probably don't miss too much of a step and, and still, you know, have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. So they, I think that's, you know, that's a great way to do it also. They're, they're doing it right there. Oh, definitely down the line. But I think where we're starting, it's got to be a seventh round pick or UDFA for that second quarterback. I'm, as the guest, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you decide which one. I'm happy with either. Um, so we're going sign a quarterback with a first round pick. So the round one quarterbacks over the last four years is Jameis Winston, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield, Marcus Mariota, Carson Wentz, Mitchell Trubisky, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, unfortunately, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Rosen, Deshaun Watson, pa- Paxton Lynch. I almost forget about him as a round one quarterback. Um, is that bad? And Lamar Jackson. So there's a lot of good quarterbacks in there. Obviously, two questionable picks, but uh, it looks pretty good. If you're going to draft a quarterback in the first round in the last four years, you've probably got someone of a decent level of talent. A backup quarterback is a free agent. Um, yep. And UDFA. UD, a UDFA. Yep. QB. Boom. So that is the first position done. And now... We get on to my favourite position, the position that just doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I haven't quite gone as far as just UDFA in all three because, hey, they are real people, only if they can receive a ball. If they run in, then they're not real people. But it's the running back position. <laughs> yeah. How do you think about these? Uh, I feel sorry for them because they probably get the most punishment as a player in the NFL mm-hmm. and we pay them peanuts in the grand scheme of it, obviously. I wouldn't mind getting battered for a million to five million a year, but it's a, it's a, it's a different story. Yes. Now, what, I, uh, what are you I doing think... in the running back room? And also the split of it, because I've got different value I put on my receiving backs, my traditional running back, and over to you. Yep. Well, I, I agree with you. I, uh, I, I like actually like the Browns setup and like Duke and, and Nick Chubb because they are complementary backs. I don't agree with Chubb being a second round high, second round pick because he only had he's one dimensional. He's a runner only. And I think that if in in today's game, you have to do both well. Um, Duke is the same way for me. I wouldn't I don't think he is a high second round pick because he he can't run between the tackles the same way that like Nick Chubb. You need somebody like Saquon Barkley to me is the perfect top of the second round running back that gets taken two overall. Right. <laughs> so that's, that's the value that I think you need. Uh, Elvin Kamara. Um, I think Mixon in, in uh, Cincinnati does that. Um, the Atlanta running backs, Freeman guys that can catch the ball and run the ball. Um, 
but if you don't, you don't have to necessarily have that one guy that does it, but you can have a mixture. So I like the way Cleveland does it. I like New Orleans set up and Ingram and Kamara, um, Cincinnati, Mixon and Bernard. And like I said, the Atlanta guys. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's that balance of the two. And for me, I, I said to a mate at the draft, I said, I rate Saquon Barkley more than I thought I would. I'll be willing to take him at the top of the third round. And they just looked at me like, you what? Well, he's never going to be there. And I said, oh, that's fine. He's never going to be there. But that, that, that is where he should be drafted. He should be the first pick in the third round. And uh, they thought I was mental. But I was like, hey, you, you can go draft a running back anywhere. And then Philip Lindsay just walks in from, wasn't yep. even invited to the combine because he didn't fit the right measurements. And he's just like, yeah, I'm better than Royce Freeman. I don't care. And uh, lo and behold, he's, uh, he's doing the business. But for me... Uh- I stretch a bit to them running uh, receiving backs. Normally, I, they're the sort of only position I'd take second half of day, uh, the third round. But in this, I'm sort of looking at fourth round value for that receiving back. They're the only ones I'd ever extend because whereas Nick Chubb by the end of his rookie deal will be finished, um, you're going to get a Duke Johnson. What? The, I thought I turned that off. I'm so sorry. No worries. Uh, you've got a Duke Johnson that can run and run and run because he hasn't actually taken that much of a battering um, because he's more of that receiving back that can flip and do a bit in the slot and get around. So if I'm looking at a receiving back, I'm willing to take them a bit higher. I'm thinking about fourth round. Um, I'm thinking sort of seventh round pick for um, that second one, that sort of between the tackles bruiser. I really liked Ito Smith coming out of this draft, went in the fourth round mm-hmm. um, and then just a UDFA. Find some bloke that looks quite good and uh, just stick him in there and see what happens. No, I, I agree with that. I mean, you you can see it. anywhere in the draft, you seem to be able to find backs. I think it's it's all all over the place. Now, some years are different than others, you know. So in our hypothetical draft here, um, we're getting value late, I imagine. Because <laughs> uh, if, if there's not – I mean, so that's just the way some drafts fall. Sometimes you have this, – this could be a good running back class. Next year, they might not have any. Or this year, it could be a good wide receiver class. Next year, there might not as, be as many. And, and they, they tend to um, fall throughout the different rounds there. But typically, on most drafts, you can get running backs late that can contribute. Because what it really comes down to when you're running the ball is how good is the blocking. Let's be honest. It starts there. Oh, it's, it's all about the O-line. If you're running the ball, um, it, and as I said to a mate who's a Giants fan, I said, if you want a first-round talent that's going to help you improve running the ball, his name's Quinton Nelson, and he went, but he's not running back. And it's just like, well, running back doesn't matter. You can get any old person to run in there. It's like Todd Gurley is portrayed as some amazing running back. On, when they stack the box and there's seven men in the box, he's below league average. He comes in at 3.75 yards, and it's like... Well, he's obviously not elite. He only comes up with good stats because McVeigh spread that field so wide that you could literally park a bus through some of them gaps. And yeah, I think I, I did see Ty Gurley had like the most run, rushes against a five-man box, which is pretty unheard of. Like that's, that's why he uh, – I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, you look at uh, Kansas City last week, how many giant holes did Kareem Hunt have to run through? I was just watching the Atlanta game. They played uh, Washington last week. And I'm watching Tevin Coleman, who's not even that good of a running back, just run through these gaps that you could drive a bus through. And I'm not seeing that as often in Cleveland this year. You're not seeing, you know, there's been some, but a lot of these, a lot of the runs that these guys have had, they've had to make with their feet. 
So having a running back, there is value to having a guy that can make people miss, obviously. The more people you make miss, the uh, more yards you're going to be be able to gain. But it all always starts up front first. Uh, and as I said to people, it was like, I would want a late offensive coordinator. If you're having sort of a third and one, by all means, it's going to be a run play. Everyone knows it's going to be a run play. But if you're going to do stuff like every other snap, I want to go to a line, call, call the pass play, whatever the pass play is. And if Baker or any other quarterback lines up and goes, actually, the box is really light here. I'm going to order ball and we'll run this. And literally work on the basis that every single player is a run play and Oh, sorry, a pass play, and just audible into run plays when that box is in your favour. Because if you go that way, they're going to respect the pass, they'll be spread out, and then you can just hit them at different times. And any quarterback is sensible enough to know. If there's yep. five or six in the box, just go for it. Well, that's, that's basically the concept of the RPO. You know, the run pass option is it's a numbers game. Where are the numbers and, and I'm, we're gonna, are the play is going to go away from the numbers? So, yeah, what you're saying is the exact concept that they've been using, you know, in college ball for now a while that is starting to get more involved in the NFL. So, are we good for round four, round seven, and UDFA? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Right. And here's what we got. Here is the fourth round running backs um, in the last four years. We've had Naheem Hines, Jeremy Langford, Mark Walton, Samarichi Pirine, Irvin, Cohen, uh, Joe Williams, Javoris Allen, Mike Davis, Ito Smith, Kalen Balage, Donald Pumphrey, Kenneth Dixon, Jamal Williams, Chase Edmonds, Devontae Booker, Wayne Gorman, and Marlon Mack. And then just mm. flip it down to round seven. Is there anything in here? I'm not sure there will be. David Williams, Marcus Murphy, Kenny Hillard, Dwayne Washington, Bo Scarborough. There was a lot of love for him before the draft. No one's actually seen him yet. Uh, Daniel. Let's go. Um, Devontae Mays, Kay Mohammed, I'm not even a try. Keith Marshall, Elijah <laughs> Hood, Zach Brooks, Chris Carson, Wrecking Machine, uh, Justin Jackson, and our boy Matthew Days. So yeah. uh, that's sort of the talent in there. It's just each time make a pick, we'll uh, give you sort of them names in that area and sort of let you know uh, what we want. Now, I would say that there's a lot more misses than there are hits, but that's typical of fourth to seventh. And you can draft a running back every single year. And not to mention, if you need to pick up a guy, they're relatively easy to, to grab a guy on the cheap and free agency every single year. There seems to be a middle-of-the-road running back out there. If you can deal with having a 30-year-old running back for one year, like a LeGarrette Blunt, just to run the ball for two yards, fine, have at it, you know, if that's all you need. Oh, yeah. And the trouble was, Carlos Hyde is that running back. We had sort of the perfect three-headed monster, but we just didn't use them the right way. Duke's your yep. receiving back. Chubb's your sort of back when you're, you're trying to do anything on sort of first and second down or stuff like that. And then if you mm. wanted a player to rush for two yards, and he was the master of it even when we needed 10, Carlos Hyde's that guy. If you had a goal line back that everyone would hate in fantasy because he never ran for anything else, but when you needed the two yards, you just like sent him on as Blunt did. And it just bulldozed through that line. And unfortunately, the coaching staff just couldn't work it out. It was a really nice, simple, they've all got very defined roles, but hey. Yeah. Do you know, you want to, I'll tell you what I really think that is. Okay, so you're on most 
NFL teams on good ones, your third running back has to be a special team con- contributor. They tried it with Chubb. He was terrible, and he shouldn't be. So now you've got a guy with Hyde and a guy with Chubb that you can't use either one of them on special teams. So you have to figure out who you're going to go with, right? And and Chubb is obviously the young guy. He's the one that you're going to stick with, so Hyde's expendable. And then when you bring in Dontrell Hilliard, he plays special teams. That If, if you have a third running back, he's got to be a special teams con- contributor. That's all it comes down to. In oh, my opinion. Oh, without so you get a Yeah. And then you get a fifth round pick for Hyde. Okay, great. It's is it is it you know, people go, Well, it's undervalued. I think it's honestly about right. Like what to, what are you gonna expect for Carlos Hyde this at this point? If you ask me how many running backs I'll pay a fifth round pick for in the NFL, it'd be a fat zero. There's none of them. Oh well, I wouldn't develop a fifth for any of them. Um, we just spent a fourth on one, Jack. What are you talking about? <laughs> Tyrod Taylor was more of a running back than a uh, quarterback anyway. Stick him out there on the run plays. See what happens. Stick him in the backfield and let him just run. And he he might make a cheeky little throw as he's going over the line of scrimmage. (laughs) His agent is not going to be happy about that. You're going to be costing him a lot of money down the the path here when he gets injured playing running back. He could be our Taysom Hill. (laughs) Good point. Good point. Can he cover kicks, though? Uh, who knows? He, he can't be any worse than Denzel White. <laughs> <laughs> so, wrapping up episode one. So, we had quarterback in round one, a quarterback in free agency as a backup, a UDFA quarterback, a running back who's a receiving back in round four, a between the tackles running back in round seven, and then another UDFA running back. That's this week wrapped up. Hope you've enjoyed it, guys. I've had a lot of fun. Greg seems to be having fun. We'll keep bringing you an instalment every Tuesday um, of what's going on and how we're building our team. And looking forward to it, guys. Any questions, keep sending them in. And what I'll do, once we finish it, when the questions have come in, I'll do a nice little wrap-up with Greg and we'll answer any questions you've got. So send them to at Jack Duffin, J-A-C-K-D-U-F-F-I-N. Make sure you're following Survive in the season. Fantastic podcast. Um, Those guys are amazing. Follow them on social media. A lot of fun. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work.